Have you downloaded Ibotta yet? That's I-B-O-T-T-A. It's my favorite app to get cash back on my everyday purchases. And they are today's sponsor. Unlock rebates, shop, and get cash back on groceries, clothing, all sorts of things. Download it today. Use the code STORIES and instantly receive a $10 welcome bonus when you redeem your first rebate in the app. For cash back, every time you shop, Ibotta. You've gotta Ibotta. I-B-O-T-T-A. Check it out. Thank you, Ibotta. Oh, hello. You must be somebody who's real into downloading things, or at the very least listening to them. Thank you for that. My name is Chris Gethard, and this is Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People. One phone call, one hour, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Sometimes here at Beautiful Anonymous, our phone calls get heavy and emotional, and there's major revelations, and that's great. I love those. I'm privileged to be the gatekeeper of those conversations. But then sometimes I just meet someone who's really charming, laid back, fun, uh, who's not without conflict in her own life. This caller has some frustrations and concerns and sorting stuff out. But overall, I was like, this person is just cool and very chill in California and has also done a lot of weird stuff in a van. I enjoyed talking to this caller. It made me bummed about the anonymity because I bet we would be friends, but I'll never, she'll never, uh, I'll never know what the coordinates were. Listen to find out what the coordinates referred to. It's a pretty specific thing that makes me laugh. I think you'll enjoy it. Thanks for listening to Beautiful Anonymous. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hi. Oh, this is Chris? Yeah, it is. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Feeling pretty good. Thank you for asking. No problem. Um, you're in New York, right? I am. I am currently in Manhattan, New York. The uh, right near. Oh, I'm right, currently between Penn Station and Grand Central. In a, a nice stretch, right between Penn Station and Grand Central, which is a uh, two two areas that remain a little gross. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I think the last time I was in New York, it would change between being super beautiful and then smelling like pee. Oh, it, you're, it's amazing you had some stretches that didn't smell like pee. That is, <laughs> that is real good luck. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Wow. Okay. I... I'm sick, so apologies if I sound funny. That's okay. I don't know your regular tone, so uh, to me, you're killing it. That's true. That'd be super weird if you did. Yeah. So I'm glad that's not a thing. Yeah. No. Um, all right, so I think I, I started listening to this podcast, like, I guess a couple weeks ago. And there was one day where I think I listened to, like, two or three episodes and, you know, it became, like, my new favorite thing. And I got a text message from a number that I didn't recognize. And the person on the other line said, hey, Julia, what's up? Julia is not my name. I didn't give anything away. And then he says, I took the picture you asked for, but nervous to send it. Ha ha. And (laughs) before he said that, I was totally going to mess with him and be like, oh, nothing much. What's up with you? And then he said that last bit. And I was like, hmm. Honestly, I was going to mess with you and pretend to be Julia, but then you said that thing about a photo, and I really don't want to see your penis, but, like, good luck on future endeavors with Julia. And (laughs) I was kind of expecting he was going to send it anyway, because this has totally happened in the past. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and, like, the guy had sent me a picture of his dick after I'd said, like, oh, I'm not that person. And then when I was like, whoa, buddy, like, you got to watch who that you send that to. Um he asked me if I didn't like it, and when I said no, he called me a dyke. So that's a completely different story. That's, um, so I thought I thought that was going to play out again, but instead awful. the guy says, "Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> Online dating." Um, <laughs> but instead the guy says, "Oh man, sorry for the wrong number." And it, it, was, it was so unexpected that I was like, "Wait, I have to know. How did you meet Julia?" And then apparently. Um, he was talking to her on Tinder 
and she kind of convinced him to send her a naked picture of himself, but she gave him my number instead. And so then I was just trying to like, you know, tell him to keep his chin up and plenty of other fish in the sex infested waters. And he like nicknamed me a wise wrong number person. And we had this nice little chat about dating and life. And I was just thinking, my gosh, what a synchronicity because I'd been listening to, you know, your podcast with anonymous conversations and beautiful people. And I was experiencing it like a couple hours afterwards. Wow. Well, I'm glad I helped uh, facilitate an open conversation. And I'm really glad you dodged the dick pic on that because I wouldn't want to have to be responsible for the unsolicited dick pic. That's a thing ladies have to deal with, huh? Just like uh, the unsolicited picture of a dick. Oh, yeah. That's a bummer. Absolutely. I would have loved it if you were like, and then actually this guy realized, we actually realized that he had wit and gave me this nickname and that we connected on some level and uh, and we actually did go out. I would love that. <laughs> did it ever cross your mind? Well, uh, well, one, he, I think he's in New York. I'm in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's a problem. No. And two, um, I live with my boyfriend, so that would be kind of awkward, I guess, if yeah. I were going to go out. That really shoots my, that shoots my plan in the foot right there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, to be fair, though, like, I did know my boyfriend before we started dating, but we did reconnect over Tinder. So, you, you know, there's some similarities there. So, wait, you knew your boyfriend? Yeah, we, um... In, in, non, in non-app-based life, and then being an app, you realized... Is that how you found out both of you guys were single and looking? Well, okay, so the thing was, I was always really attracted to him. I had, like, a semi-crush on him, but he lived, like, a really vagabond lifestyle. A what lifestyle? And, uh, like, a vagabond. Like, he he like, lived in a van that he built with his father and it you know has like a queen size bed and wood floors and a kitchenette and he would just like take gigs here and there and then like save up money and then go on some like climbing adventure trip and all that kind of stuff so he was only in town for like a week at a time did you say big bum lifestyle was that the first thing you said big bum no vagabond like vagabond i thought you said big bum b-o-n-d which i guess is synonymous vagabonds tend to be big bums did you say big bomb? Bum. Me and you. Wow. Me. I oh, am. I am. I tell you. I am, I am not. I am not facilitating this conversation. In a, in a, this is not my shining you know moment of being a point guard. Yeah. What's up? I. I took you off speakerphone, so maybe that will help. No, it's not your fault. It's my fault. <laughs> so you're your boyfriend. So he was like uh, sleeping and sleeping in his van, living the life, driving up and down the coast. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then we were matched on Tinder, uh-huh. and I am not I am not shy. I am not a shy person, and I was being very flirtatious. No shame. And I pretty much was like, "Hey, you know, I'd be more than willing to break a dry spell." And uh, he was kind of in disbelief. And then we like hopped in his van a couple days later. The canyons and pretended like everything was super casual and did that for like a month. And then now it's been almost two years later. So wait, break the dry spell. This is, mm-hmm. what, wait, what is that? Is that, did someone in their profile so say we, they were in the middle of a dry spell or something? So, so we were talking about the last time we had slept with someone. Yeah. And I think I had said like, oh man, it's been like a month for me. I'm dying. And then his response was like, fuck you. It's been a year for me. Wow. Um, And so then that's when I decided to be a little ballsy. And he's like, oh, so I can take care of that for you. Wow. I've never, I was not, I was uh, married before Tinder existed. It feels like it's a real game changer. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say that there's been many positive outcomes from it and like I said, I already knew him in person. Yeah, yeah. But out of all the online dating I did, like, nothing was successful. That is bold. That's rad that you were just like, yo, let's get, let's, uh, the drought is over. The dr- hey. The water, yeah, the water drought, the water drought in California remains, but the sex drought, the dam has broken. Let it rain. <laughs> Let it rain. 
the floodgates have opened. And did you say, because you broke, you're breaking up a little bit. You said, you said you jumped in this van and you drove around the canyons for a month, but does that mean you were, was it, you were like having sex in this van, just driving around for a month? Oh, oh no, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. No, we'd slept together and then he was gone for a month. And then the entire month we were like, oh, this is like totally casual. And uh, three weeks go by. And then it's like, um, hey, do you actually want to go on a date when I come back into town? That's beautiful. That's and nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cute. I'm glad I asked for clarification. Yes. No, I was not not driving around in a van <laughs> banging for a month. I'm sorry. It's not, I can tell from your tone of voice that I may have slightly offended you. I did not mean to. No, no, I no. I legitimately that, no, couldn't that hear. Rad. A sex, no, no, a month I, long. No, I wasn't offended. That sounds... That sounds like a really awesome thing. I wish that was my life, like banging in a van for a month and traveling the world. That sounds way greater than going to the same job every day. Does he still have the van? Does he still have the van? Yeah. So it could happen. He does. He does. Theoretically. It's his his mode of transportation. So you've you've been with each other for two years. You've done it in the van. Oh, yeah. No, we take it out on little trips. So go home on wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Same page. Okay, good. I'm sorry about all um, the many miscommunications of this uh, in this call that are totally my fault and that have led to images of a weird California. Like it, you're <laughs> you're describing a vision of California that to me is like Manson era, like Beach Boys and Manson era California. Everybody's just driving around having sex in vans, crazy sex van parties, just having sex, murdering people. <laughs> yeah, you know, California baby, creating a cult. Ooh, I'm into that. Everybody knows, everybody knows I love to start a cult. This is most of what my comedy career has been. Cowabunga, indeed. I'm try- I've been trying for years. So what else What else are we talking about here tonight? You, you're, uh, you, All right. Yeah, two years, two years in on the relationship. Yeah. Do you, okay, do you want to hear the thing that's been on my mind most lately? Yeah. Okay. So I'm 25 years old, and I'm – Currently trying to figure out how to overcome my quarter life crisis. Your quarter life crisis. I actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like, what am I doing with my life? Where is my career going? Um, talking to different people about where they were at my age and and how they, you know, they figured their shit out. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm going to tell. Like, can I be honest? Can I tell you something honestly? A very yeah, honest reaction, right? Please. Earlier. I identify with you. I was exactly your age, and I was really stressing out. I actually had, when I was 27, wound up, Mm -hmm. I I hadn't seen a shrink in a number of years, and I wound up back in the shrink's chair because I was stressing out so bad about all these anxieties. I will say there are many people listening to this right now who who, who just listened to a uh, 25-year-old who lives in California and uh, and and. Has had a has had sex in a van. Who's like, come on, quarter life crisis? <laughs> it sounds like everything's great. You're 25. You're young. You live in a land of sun. You got a van. You got a vagabond boyfriend. It sounds really cool. So there are some people who are who are who are reacting that way. But I will tell you, I understand completely. So I just wanted to let you know. Mm-hmm. 27 for me. 20. I think 24 is when it really set in, and 27 is when it hit the fan for me. That's what yeah. I have to tell you about myself. So anyway, I interrupted. You continue. Tell me about this, the stress. Where is it coming no, from? No, I, I totally appreciate it. Um, okay, wow. Let's see. Well, I, you know, I'm going to actually start seeing a therapist um, next weekend. Nice. So, yeah, I was, I was seeing someone before, and then they were totally, like, unethical, and so I stopped, and I couldn't find one for a while. Um, but it's, you know, I've... I've never really known what it is I wanted to do. And I feel like recently I've been coming to the realization that I need to stop like picking something, picking a career and then deciding, all right, I'm going to do that. And like, let's figure out how I can do that. And instead I need to kind of let the universe, you know, just take an information and let it guide me into like where I should be going versus setting a goal for myself and like contorting like my my views to fit it. That's some California. That shit hasn't worked out said. for me in the past. That's some Cal. Did you grow up? In, <laughs> did you grow up in California? I did. You I did. did. Apparently, that's weird. Everyone so, I meet is like, "Oh, you're from here." Oh yeah, because you said L.A., right? 
yeah, from LA. It's mostly yeah, very expats. Foreign. But talking, yeah, people in uh, people talking about the universe. People in California, they don't believe in God; they believe in the universe. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, yeah I don't, know. I don't, I don't know if I believe in God, but I definitely believe in the universe. So you're looking to just take a deep breath, let go, let life come to you, instead of fighting this uphill battle to define it out of the gate. Yeah, but it's hard. Oh, yeah. It is not a simple task. No, no, it ain't easy. It's like a lot of shit you got to wade through. Like what? what? What shit are we talking about here? Um, you know, it's like, I guess I, I feel for my age, like I'm, I'm just kind of starting out in a job and I feel like I should have had it figured out by now. And I'm trying to learn that that's not how life works and it's okay to not have it all sorted out at 25. Um, but you know, I'm like, I'm a personal assistant, not where I want to be, but I don't really have a guide to, to where I want to be going. So I'm kind of floating with it until I figure something out. Wow. I'm not asking you to name any names. It's a yes or no question. Mm -hmm. You're in LA. You're a personal assistant. Sounds like it's stressing you out. Are you like a personal assistant to a famous person? Like a powerful person? It, I mean, it, it's a, no, it's in the entertainment industry, but it's, it's not someone you would have heard of. Yeah. But still fast paced life. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I got hired for one thing. I was never hired to be a personal assistant. And then I kind of just absorbed that role. Yeah. Um, so it's like trying to, to manage that and my own stressors and, you know, just getting into it. It's not like, like I didn't really have good role models growing up. So I basically had to parent myself. Ooh, that's rough. And so, yeah. So it's, it's like, you know, figuring out how to survive as an adult when, when you didn't have anyone to teach you. Yeah. That's really hard. What is that? Uh, Hence the, the needing therapy. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, I don't want to, I'm not going to make you say anything you don't want, but if you wanted to tell me more about that, I'm, uh, I'm down, I'm, I'm down, but that's up to you. I don't want to. Yeah, I'm, I'm an open book. Well, I love that. <laughs> that makes my um, job easier. Yeah, no, this is great. I, no, I like, I adore what you're doing. I think it's awesome. Oh, thanks. Um, Oh, just just a side note. I just want to confirm that you are you are the gentleman in the club in the heat, right? Hell yeah, I am dancing with Melissa McCarthy and that Sandra Bullock. That was Bullock. my favorite scene. Oh my god, it was so good. Omg! I, I heard you on on This American Life the other day, and I uh, I didn't recognize you by name, but I like I knew I knew who most your voice people was. don't most most people don't most people don't recognize me by name or face. <laughs> Oh, they they will. They will. Well, I've been, time. I've been hearing that for about 10 or 11 years now, so I'm very content with the fact that I'm an underground I'm an underground dude. But thank you. That's nice, and I'm glad you enjoyed it, and this is not about me getting all self-deprecating. But <laughs> I will say it does make me feel like I hope you. I hope it makes you feel good to know I'm 35. I, I think people, people um, more and more the past handful of years have started to look at me as someone who is um, – maybe gaining some success on some small level, but I don't feel like I have it figured mm-hmm. out and I'm married and I, I have a mortgage now. And I feel like I, every day I wake up and I'm like, Oh God, I don't know what's going on. So I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse. Yeah. To know yeah that. You still, you still feel that way. Oh God. Every day, every you day. You got a TV show and a podcast. Yeah. Well, first thing, TV show, that is an accomplishment I fought for. And I, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. I love my show. I love Earwolf. I'm amazed they gave me a chance. Any, here's the secret. Any asshole can mm-hmm. have a podcast. Any asshole can have a no, podcast. No, that's true. Um, but no, yeah. All, all jokes aside, yes. I feel, every, I feel so much stress, so much responsibility. I don't know. Like uh, six months from now, I don't know how I'll be paying my, my mortgage. I have no idea. I don't know if I'll have health insurance next year. It all depends on how many... Uh, acting gigs I can scrape together. So, but I will tell you that on my end, that gave, and I can only speak to my experience, realizing that that was ultimately okay and the lifestyle that I wanted, that the reason I was living that way was because I wanted to live that way mm-hmm. and that getting a brass ring wasn't going to necessarily um, 
like solve any of my anxieties, that actually freed me up to be like, well, this is the game I've chosen to play is just kind of live like let's roll the dice see how it see how it turns out so i don't know if that helps or hurts if it's scary to know i'm 10 years further in and still feel the same anxiety that's what i can say no i don't i don't think that's scary i think it's um i think it's good because i mean you're still scared but i you know at least you're still like established in something i guess so yeah you're not totally lost i think sometimes people like me have to understand that the anxiety is just a thing about them and that it's uh you got to just learn to you got to learn to just live with it as as much as your sense of humor or or any other mm-hmm. core aspect of your personality but that's just me I don't know I'm not a shrink I'm not here to I'm not here to solve anybody's problems anyway you were talking well, you were I telling me the, some stuff Well no I was just saying like I think the the problem with people like us is that we're we're multipotentialites So What what is that multipotentialites Do not miss the rest of my conversation with this beautiful anonymous caller. We'll be right back with this very short message. Look, even though technologically we're more connected than ever before, human interaction is actually getting more and more impersonal. People just don't have friends they get on the phone with anymore. We're depriving ourselves of that gratifying connection. Now, this is where the Chirpy Network comes in. It's a service that lets you rent a conversation buddy, not social media, it's not texting. It's a real person to keep you company on the phone at your convenience. They say it's easier to talk to a stranger because you don't feel like you're being judged for who you really are. This podcast proves that this service ties right into that. Chirpy's the first of its kind. Chirpy has a huge marketplace of hundreds of listeners. You can rent any one of them to keep you company on the phone. It's pretty simple. Once you find a profile you like, you click a button and Chirpy's system connects both of your phones anonymously, just like this show. You don't have to hold back because it's a stranger. They don't know you. They're not going to judge. They're just there to pamper you, give you their full attention. Go to chirpynetwork.com and use the code BEAUTIFUL when you create your account. For a limited time, you get 20 talk credits to start you off for just a dollar. That's chirpynetwork.com. Use the code BEAUTIFUL and start talking to somebody right now. Okay, it's time to return to our call. I'm saying, like, I think the, the problem with people like us is that we're, we're multi-potentialites. So, what? What is that? Multi-potentialites? You know, a multi-potentialite. It's when what you're a cool word. You're skilled in like, uh, yeah, when you're skilled in a variety of of different things, and so it's hard to just choose one thing and decide like, oh, this is what I'm gonna make my career in. Because you know, you're mm-hmm. you're an actor and a, a host and yeah. um, stand up, and thank you. You do a bunch of different. You have your your feet in a bunch of different pools. You know, I diversify. Yeah, and. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's like, it's not like I just woke up one day and decided, you know, I'm going to be a doctor and like, that's just like the track that my life Mm -hmm, goes on. mm -hmm. You know, I was an artist and a cake decorator and. So multi-potentialite does sound like a nice way of saying ADHD a little bit. It does sound like. Yeah, a little bit. The positive spin on HD. It's the nice way and and the reflective of the potential of ADHD. So you know what you were telling mm-hmm. me? You did say to me, I don't want to bring up anything painful, and if we walked away from it because you don't want to, but you did say you raised yourself, and I found that very interesting. I don't want to – I'm not trying to squeeze anything out of you. I just thought it was very interesting. No, no, no please. Um, no, like I said, I'm an open book. Um, yeah, so let's see. My dad has been unemployed for like the past seven years, and uh, it, my parents got divorced when I was like three, and so I would see him on the weekends – but, you know, growing up, he lived with um, my grandma, you know, until she passed away, which was a couple of years ago. And he you know, still hasn't been able to get a shit together and get a job. Um, so that's, you know, he's like not even a full person. And then there's my mom who has always like financially provided, but she had a really rough childhood. So like emotionally, she's super, you know, hot and cold and... You know, no one really, really pushed me at succeeding. And so I kind of was always like my own cheerleader in that. Um, I mean, they always supported me in whatever I wanted to do. But I I think for people who can't like, you know, adult themselves, it's really hard to like, you know, raise another human being. 
and mm-hmm. make sure that they come out okay. And she's got like really, really unhealthy relationships with, you know, men like her current boyfriend. They've broken up probably at least 50 times, like, you know, five zero. And wow. Um, yeah, it's, you know, they're, they're both like a mess of a human and it's just kind of amazing that I managed to survive and come out the way that I did. Um, but in regards to that, it's like really hard for me to, I guess, to, to figure out a, a career or a job or whatever. Yeah. So I never had anything stable like that growing up. Well, I would have to imagine there's some layers, and I don't know, um, uh, this is like armchair shit, but it's like if you're around a total lack of stability, stability must seem like a very uh, intimidating thing. Yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. I don't know. Maybe we I just, think also... we just stumbled into something pretty uh, pretty profound right there. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, definitely insightful. didn't. Definitely, but I would imagine it's like the idea of doing, the idea of like settling into a groove also raises the potential that you might uh you might have to face like is there any is there a part of you that's like if I enter a totally stable situation am I going to find out that I can't handle that and that's going to that's something I've seen and that I dislike and that I'm scared of I don't think I'm I don't think I'm afraid of stability I I think it's more of the opposite like I saw how they acted you know, in, in their relationships with other people or each other. And I just said, like, I want the opposite. I do not yeah. want that. I don't want it to be, to be divorced four times. Like I want to find a person and like have that be the one. Yeah. Um, wow. but I also have to focus on like not being codependent because codependency runs in my family. It runs in my partner's family. And yeah, like that's thing to be very, you know, steered clear of. Definitely. You gonna marry him? You gonna marry that big bum? You gonna marry that big bum back I, I am. You are. That that is the plan. We're not I mean we're not engaged yet, but we talk about it all the time. You do. You're into it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, That's thank very you. cool. Yeah. So you and that big yeah, you and that big day. bum. It's a lot it's a lock. <laughs> yeah, I locked him down. That's cool. I'm okay with it. Well, it is funny you say you locked him down, and usually with that phrase, I feel like there's like a little bit of like some, you know, some gender stuff of like the old ball and chain. But it sounds like in your case, this was actually a person who lived in a van and drove around aimlessly, and you, you actually <laughs> know, did. I you like, actually did lock him down in the sense that he now has a home with a lock, guy. a lock and a key. I know. I, I I made him like get an apartment with me and everything. Wow. God forbid. Like there's. I know there's a bathroom and a shower and like a, a full kitchen. I didn't think about that. What did he, uh, how did he shower? How did he shower and use the bathroom in the van era of life? Easy. Two things. Uh, friends places or like 24 hour fitness or whatever, like gym membership. Wow. That's cool. And was he, was he actually living in the van? This was like a full time. Mm-hmm. When you met him, you got together yep. with him. He lived in a van. Yep. How Lived long did he van. live in the van? Um, two or three years. Two or three years. I'm going to ask a question mm-hmm. here, and I'm not judging. I'm Please. not judging. Do I'm it. just trying to get a picture okay. in my mind. And I'm not judging. Sure. It's going to sound like I'm okay. judging. I'm not. <laughs> but you're not judging. Promise. Does he have dreads? Oh, God, no. Oh, right. I had to ask because everyone out there was thinking it. You can, you don't have to judge, but like I'm judging. (laughs) I had to to ask. Everyone listening was thinking it. They're thinking you married the dreads guy, the good dreads guy in the van. Of course the the guy in the van has the dreads. (laughs) No, he's a, he's a, like a, it's a six foot vegetarian rock climbing surfer hipster I mean you d- you just described someone who probably has dreads though you have to admit a Except guy who lives in a van and climbs nice rocks haircut. he does he has a nice haircut that is true that's true I could totally see that someone yeah. with dreads would totally live that style but he's also he's also sober so you, you can take out like the yep. the weed pot smoking uh-huh. image out as well that's cool but no I get it for sure yeah 
No, is I couldn't home? do it. That dreads freak me out. Yeah, I don't. I don't even really understand what they are or where they come from. I, I don't know. I just realized as we talk about it, I have no idea where. I think little animals live in it. I don't know. Dreads. I think dreads can look good. Um, and I'm not. I'm not sitting here trying to. If they're done come right, down on them as an I have a friend whose whose dreads look fantastic. Like he does them really nice and really clean. I have another friend whose dreads look terrible because he doesn't give a shit, and so it just looks like a nest on his head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I really and love. You, you got to be that kind of person. You know, I'm going to tell you what I like about you is that a, sure. f- a few minutes ago we were talking about um, your family background. Divorce, mm-hmm. breaking up fifty times, the directionless, um, the directionlessness that a an unmoored childhood left you with, and now mere minutes later, we're talking about the range, the range and style <laughs> of dread possibilities. I like that. Yeah, the, and and don't don't think I'm trying to like avoid any deep subject. I'm not. No, it just not at all. The brain goes where it wants to go. Absolutely, and that's what this is for. And I I feel like uh, sometimes things get heavy here, and that's okay, and I'm okay with that. But I certainly enjoy going in both directions. I like it. I like you. Yeah. I like this conversation. I like you. No, I like you. Well, we like each I other. I like this. Yeah, I'm into it. This is a real mutual appreciation society here. Aww. That should be our album name. Yeah. Yeah. Mutual Appreciation Society. Yeah. If we ever meet in real life, maybe it'll develop into something where we start a musical group, put out an album. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's it. We got your verbal consent. So if I ever in New York and I cross paths with you, you're going to have to make this album with me. Yeah. I can semi-play the ukulele. I can do. I'm not musical at all. That's okay. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We don't even. It can be sans music. We can change the face of music. Ramones. The Ramones didn't know how to play their instruments. They're one of my top five bands of all time. They didn't know how to play an instrument. The Ramones, kind of legendarily, were one of those first punk bands that were like, "We just want to be in a band. Let's uh, let's commit to the band first, and then figure it out. And then they figured out how to play those instruments along the way." That there's a there's a story. That's awesome. I, it's a story I always loved, and I'll probably get a million details wrong, and music nerds will yell at me. But there was always a story about how the Ramones <laughs> the Ramones went to England and put on these legendary shows, and all these English punk rockers from the early English bands were sneaking in, all mm-hmm. of them, Sex Pistols, everybody, mm-hmm. and the members of the Clash approached the Ramones after a show and were like, "Hey, we really want to start a band too. We think you guys are cool, but we don't know how to play our instruments. We don't. None of us know how." And apparently one of the Ramones was like, we didn't fucking know how. You just do it. You just go make a band. You make a thing. And that's how the clash started. <laughs> I love that story. I really hope that's true. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what else? The floor is yours. You tell me. What do you got? You got good? You got any, uh, the quarter life crisis. You got any advice for what you're going through? You got any favorite bands? We can talk about whatever. We got half an hour left. All right. Um, well, I current I just wrote uh, an article, but I haven't gotten it published yet. Oh, that's cool! And it's totally about everything that I'm going through with my quarter life crisis, and uh, you know, I've shown it to a couple people who are in their 30s, and every single person who reads it says the same thing. They got they say, "Oh man, I wish I I had read something like this at your age." Oh, that's so awesome! I have a good feeling that I'll I'll get it I'll get it published somewhere. I'm not really sure how to go about that. I've never done that before. So are you? So do you write often? Sounds like you're not. You haven't been published. So you're not a professional uh, writer, but do you like? Do you enjoy the process of writing? I do. Uh, I have. I don't write often. I think I want to start writing more. That's cool. Um, I have like a couple of short stories up my sleeve and and this thing. So I think it's something that I want to get into. I, you know, I haven't done anything in a really long time that I just did creatively for myself that I enjoyed. Yeah. And, uh, like I, I used to, I used to be a, a, a drawer or artist, drawer, whatever. An um, artist. Pencil. A artist and a drawer. And I haven't, yeah. And I haven't, I haven't done that in a really long time, years. And so, so when I wrote this article that kind of came out really, really easily, I had a couple friends like take a look and edit it and got it to where I, I want it to be. And it was, it was fun, and I look forward to doing it, and I haven't felt that in a long time. Wow, that's cool. 
That's very cool. Yeah. It's weird because I want to ask you what you want to do, but you've made it clear that what you want to do is sort of get to a Zen place where you're not concerned about what you're going to do. And that's a little bit exactly. of, that's a little bit of a mind fuck, if I may say. Oh no, it's a total mind fuck. Like I it's been months of anguish of yeah. of just uncertainty and feeling lost and you know, I have all these great facets to my life and an amazing boyfriend and you know a cute apartment and great friends but then you know there's like a a job that I'm slaving over every day that I have to figure out ways to like not let that get to me yeah and to not come home crying every day you cry you come home crying most days um you know it's it's been a couple weeks where I've I've shifted my attitude and just try to be more positive about it. But before then, for like the past few months, it was, it was a daily thing of coming home and, and crying. And, you know, my boyfriend is, uh, he travels for work. And so we would be Skyping every night and I would just be like a fucking mess. Yeah. And, and it's hard. It's hard on your partner and it's like not, not the life that I want to live. Yeah. So, so I had to shift my attitude and just, instead of getting annoyed with the tasks that I was asked to do, I'd have to like put a positive spin on it. Like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm getting paid to drive around and listen to podcasts and that's cool. Versus like, Oh, this other bullshit thing that I have to do. Yeah. Getting bossed around, Um, getting bossed around by some person who thinks they have status in this world. mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not a great feeling. What's your boyfriend do that he travels? Mm -hmm. Uh, so he's a photographer and he also, um, of course he is television shows. He shoots for television shows. Camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause like cause the behind the scenes doesn't photos? exactly make the money yet. So but. he has the artistic photography, but then he's also doing like the, uh, photography for hire on sets. Well, uh, not photography, but um, camera shooting. Oh, actual camera shooting. So he's actually shooting the episodes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. Of course he's a camera. Of course he's a photographer. And so with the photography, he he travels for work. Does he travel (laughs) via the fuck van? He doesn't. He travels via plane. Airplane. Not a fuck plane because I'm not on that plane (laughs) and that would be really, I would not be okay with that. Well, there's no, it's, it's much more common to find a fuck van than a fuck plane. I, I think we can all agree on I that. I love our fuck van. It's great. It's, it's like so homey for our, for our one year anniversary. I got him this bracelet that, um, it's like a, a copper plate bracelet and it has the coordinates of our fuck spot. Cause that's how adorable we are. What? You know, the coordinates yeah. of your fuck spot? Yeah, I I drove to it and I uh, I like GPS where I was and I got the coordinates of the fuck spot. <laughs> and I presume by fuck spot, <laughs> I, I, pre- <laughs> I presume by fuck spot you mean the first place that you guys fucked in the fuck van. Uh huh. So yeah, you dr- for sure. You drove back to the place where you first fucked in the fuck van, GPS the coordinates, and made a bracelet for your rock climbing photographer boyfriend. I did. That's cool as shit. <laughs> so you seem like you seem like a cool person with a cool life and a cool boyfriend who's got an uncool job. That seems to me to be what's at the core of things. Yeah, uncool job and uncool parents. <laughs> Yeah, that sucks. Seems to me like you're just trying to walk away from them ASAP, right? Yeah, but you know what? The I think the hardest part is that in all the ways that they failed me and that they fucked up and that they're not the people that I want them to be, the hardest part is that they love me. So it's not it's not as easy as saying like, oh, you know, this was slightly like emotionally abusive and neglectful, and I can just walk away and cut you out of my life because they love me. so so much like I'm their entire world wow the hardest part is that they love me that's a pretty that's a bomb you just dropped you just dropped that bomb pretty quietly and again 30 (laughs) seconds ago we're talking about fuck coordinates and then 30 (laughs) seconds later you say the hardest part is that they love me I never I've never thought about it that way you can't just 
yeah, you can't just walk away from someone. You know, if it was like, you know, they're fucking assholes. They treat me like shit. They don't care about me. You know, fuck them out of my life. I'm done. But it's not like that. It's, it's they, you know, they try and they fail and I have to accept the people that they are and then move on. But it's really, really hard because like I'm, I'm heartbroken in a million different ways. You know, when I see other people's parents or even my boyfriend's parents, you know, when his mom calls and leaves like a video message, you know, we text all the time and his family absolutely loves me. Like I cry because it's like, Oh, that's what, that's what family's like. Yeah. That sucks. It is one of those, I think there's one of those things that happens where as you get older, you start to realize that, that shit that went down is not, is not routine for most people. And it feels really fucking unfair to look back at it. Mm-hmm. I'd also feel like yeah. the hardest part is that they love me should be the name of the of the first album by the Mutual Appreciation Society, our band that we're going to start. Mutual Appreciation Society. The hardest part is that they love me. Should that be the the album or the first song? You tell me. I don't know. It seems like a long title for an album. I love a good long title. I'm a sucker for a long title. And again, look at this. All right, no, fuck it. Let's let's break all the rules. Let's do it. This is a pendulum. You and I, our conversational style is pendulum swings. It's like, fuck coordinates. The hardest part is that they love me. Let's do a bit about the album we're going to write. So now I'm going to ask, how did your parents fail you? I'm going to swing back in the dark direction. How did they fail you? You said they failed you. You don't have to. You don't have to tell me. Um, by the way, you can just be like, "Hey, no, no, thanks." No, how did they fail me? Um, this seems like a good time to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with the conversation. Believe me, it'll just be after this. Guys, let me tell you about the Blue Cash Preferred Card from American Express. You get 6% cash back at U.S. supermarkets on up to $6,000 in purchases. We all go to supermarkets. This is useful for all of us. This means you get 6% cash back on chocolate chip cookies, double chocolate chip cookies. If you can find the elusive triple chocolate chip cookie, it applies to that too. It's cash back, backed by the service and security of membership. Start earning cash back at AmexBlueCash.com. Terms apply. Happy to report. It's time to return to our call. How did your parents fail you? You're going to swing back in the dark direction. How did they fail you? You said they failed you. You don't have to, you don't have to tell um, me, by the way. You can just be like, hey, no, no thanks. No, how did they fail me? Um, I, I just think in being, you know, who they are and just not being healthy individuals. Yeah. And and just me never knowing what that's like and having a mom who's like hot and cold and like pushing me away. And then, you know, when she doesn't get her way with something, you know, saying, saying mean things and then making me feel like everything that's gone wrong in life is my fault. Yeah, that sucks. Um, and like, like, you know, kind of like victim blaming. And then my dad who, you know, can't hold a job, can't support himself. And it's just like forever a 12 year old, you know, it's not, you you don't want that from your parents. You want people that you can look up to. And, you know, it was mother's day yesterday. And it's like, to me, it's like, Oh, happy. You did an adequate job of raising me. I guess day. Yeah. It's a day that I don't want to celebrate. It's a day that I I go to CVS and I'm like looking at the cards and I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to get this card. This is like, you're the best mom ever. Or like, thanks for everything you've done for me. Like, I don't agree with these statements and I don't want to give this to you because this is lying. Yeah. So then you have to go for like the joke, the jokey, funny card section because it's not super sentimental because I just fundamentally don't agree with any of of the ones that are in like the sentimental <laughs> section. I will say this. You should make, you should, somebody's <laughs> going to steal your idea. You you should make a book of greeting cards that pertain to your situation because someone out there is hearing this and they're scrambling a, an adequate an <laughs> adequate an adequate job mom greeting card would be would make you a millionaire and you can have that one I could have oh, stayed that's excellent I could have kept my mouth shut stolen that 
Oh, you fucked up, dude. Yeah, well, you need it's to jump on, on that. Part. You need to jump on that. You need to grab the boyfriend. I write that down. You should. And I, I can, like, illustrate it, too. Uh, yeah, because you're a drawer. You're an artist. Yeah, double whammy. Look at that. I just solved your quarter-life crisis. You make greeting cards now. Problem solved. We have oh, 19 and a half right. minutes left, and I solved literally all your life problems. Because that's what my job is. Oh, my that, God. That's what I'm here for. No, the last thing I'm trying to do is fix anybody. I fall I into that job. I don't even know job. if we need, like... I don't even know if we need the rest of these 19 minutes because it's all been solved for me. You can hang up if you want, but I'm, can I say something too? All jokes aside is that my shrink listened to a bunch of episodes of my podcast and sat me down, oh, really? sat me down and was like, the ones where you just hear people out are really good. And the ones where you offer advice on how people can fix their lives. She said, one of them actually gave me hives because you don't know what you're talking oh, about. You don't know what you're talking about and you can't try to fix people. So my shrink might be listening to this. I'm not trying to solve anybody's problems. <laughs> Casual conversation. She told me I can tell you about my experience and how it compares to yours. She told me that oh, I can wow. be an ear for you to hear you out, but I should not offer any advice because it's not my job to fix you. So I have no desire yeah, to fix I was, you. Um, I, was, I was Googling this and I noticed someone had, had written a post about that, <laughs> oh, about oh. not liking the advice, and then you responded to it. Yeah, well, you know, all I do is uh, it's, it's, we live in an interactive world. But anyway, who cares about that? Who cares? Nobody wants. No, I just think it's cool that like you're you're receptive to the to the feedback. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I like the feedback. People out there listening, you listen, and my job is to make a thing you guys listen to. So if you ever have feedback, the red there's a Reddit for Earwolf, and there's the Earwolf forums. Always, always, always. But who cares? The last thing anybody wants is to. Uh, Listen, listen to a podcast where they talk about how cool the thing, the thing is. I don't care. But if you have any feedback, I'm listening. I don't know. I'd rather talk about you. And- oh, I don't. I don't actually have any feedback. I was just, I was just commenting. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, yeah, I don't know. Um, it seems, yeah, you got the past, you got the future, right? But right now, you're in the present. That, that's that. You, you got a past that you're not in love with. You got a future with this van, mm-hmm. with this van guy, with the big bum. And you're looking forward to the mm-hmm. future, but the present seems like it's uh, stressing you out. And I get yeah, it. Yeah, well, because my my I mean, I don't want my future to be like just the guy, you know. Yeah, like, he's a great part of my life, and I I love him, but he's he's not everything. That's not healthy. Hell yeah, I like that. I like that mentality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's figuring out how to be happy in my present because that is what I struggle with most. Yeah. Um, but like, I, it's like everyone I talk to go, is going through the same thing. And I think that's why I wanted to write a little bit, something about it. Yeah. Cause it's like, I, I always felt so like alone in my dark and twisty ways, but turns out that I wasn't. And that so many people at my age are experiencing the exact same thing that I am. Well, if doing this podcast has taught me anything. It's that there's a lot of frustrated people. There's a lot of frustrated people out there right now. Mm-hmm. Frustration. Frustration seems to be a very common feeling among the young people of, of 2016 American culture is just outright frustration. Yeah, I wonder why. Is it all the um, same? I don't know. From your perspective? From my perspective, I'm hearing a lot of people who were like maybe saying we were kind of told we could do, we could achieve anything, and we were kind of sold a false bill of goods, a false bill of goods, and I we got real responsibilities. But I still want to, I still want to do stuff that fulfills me personally, and I straight up don't know how. It feels like I hear from a lot of people who are like, I was told growing up by this previous generation that all your dreams are achievable, and maybe that's just not fucking true, man. It's bumming me out. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's it is if you apply yourself. I think, it is. I think that's a big difference. Is a lot of people don't apply themselves, or they just feel entitled to whatever they want. But if you don't make an active effort for it, like it's not going to just come to you. Absolutely, you got to put in the work. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We got fifteen minutes left. Oh my, clock's ticking. Yeah, and the floor is yours. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to see what you come out with next because my guess is it's either going to be something that's like uh, I once uh, <laughs> like I once uh, I once had the best sexual experience in my life at the very top of a Ferris wheel, 
Or you're going to be like, uh, <laughs> I once watched a bunch, a bunch of kittens drown in a river. I feel like you, you oscillate. Oh my God, no, kittens. I love kittens. Don't say that. I'm, I'm just saying as an example, it seems like you swing between the extremes with what you want to talk about. Is the joy, it's all, it's the light and the darkness with you. It's the light and the darkness. So the floor is yours. I'm shutting light up. Light and the darkness. Oh yeah. That's how I would define you. Oh gosh. You. This is so much pressure. I, now I don't even know what to do with myself. Um, what do you, what would you rather hear about? Lightness or the darkness? It's really up to you. We could talk about the universe before you were talking about, you want to see what the universe hands you? Has the universe handed you anything before? What do you think the universe is coming at you with? Or the light or the dark or literally you want to tell me what you had for breakfast this morning? I don't care. You're quite charming and I'm confident that this will be good (laughs) content for the listener at home. Well, I'm, uh, I don't really do breakfast, so. <laughs> I love that that's had, the one you went with. It's the <laughs> breakfast. I love it. You brought, well, you, you said breakfast. So well, I was like, we could talk about, breakfast. we could talk about the nature of the universe and what karma is going to hand you. We could talk about light. We could talk about darkness or breakfast. <laughs> you went breakfast. breakfast. Baller. I did. Boyfriend and I had a friend over the other day. We made him breakfast. And we made buttermilk pancakes with strawberries and blackberries. Ooh, that's right. With rad. a side of a toasted bagel with some cheese and egg, chili oil, and avocado. Chill. That, that is the most California breakfast I ever. You're super California. Are you aware of that? I didn't. I didn't realize, but I guess so. I guess I am. Chili oil. Once you said chili oil, I was like, California. She's from California. Where'd you get the blue? Please tell me that the blackberries were harvested from the side of a mountain that your partner climbed. Please. From a side of a mountain named Vons. What? Vons. (laughs) Oh, you're like in New York. I don't know. Do you have Vons out there? Is that a real thing? It's a supermarket chain. It's a oh. supermarket chain. Yeah, no, that doesn't reach the East Coast. <laughs> Sorry about that. Vons. Oh, I think I've driven past no, that. Yeah, Vons. Ralph's. Ralph's I would have gotten. Way? I would have understood Ralph's. Ralph's. Yeah. Damn it. It's, I went with the wrong one. Hey, that's okay. You, you swing and you miss. Sometimes in this life, you swing and you miss. <laughs> it's kind of what the whole thing we've been talking about is. Who's this, who, who's this guy who stayed over your house? I don't know. It was just a friend. He... Uh, Came up for breakfast. That's cool. We we're just gonna hang out in the morning and then have like a five-hour talk on on life and good stuff. You you had um, you woke up. You had chili oil and blackberry bagels, and you talked for five hours about life. Yeah. Wow. We did. It was a lot of it was geared towards towards me and you know figuring my shit out. Yeah, it sounds like this is a thing that's been happening. So this journey here, this anonymous phone call is one mere hour in a, in a long path that's being walked. Mm-hmm. Wow. Happy to be a part, part of it. it. Yeah. Happy to be a part of it. 10 minutes oh, left. I'm, I'm glad you're part of my journey. I'm super psyched. 10 minutes left. You're the most California person I've ever spoken to in my entire life. By far. Really? Yeah. That's do I sound Californian? No, you don't have that stereotypical accent, but I feel like just like the van stuff, the coordinates bracelet, that breakfast order, the <laughs> reference to Vons, a lot of California stuff going on. I like it. I like California. I have I have a succulent garden. Is that is that also very Californian? What the fuck is a succulent garden? What is that? A succulent garden. It's a garden of succulents. Succulents are a type of plant, I assume. <laughs> They're like tiny cactuses. A tiny, you got a tiny cacti. You know, a garden full of tiny cacti. Great. Succulents. Yeah. That's on me. I should know what that means. I should know what that means. <laughs> it's okay. I won't hold it against you. Yeah, yeah. You got a whole cactus garden? Yes. I was just trying Very to California. think of like more California things. That is some California-ass shit right there. So you said you come to New York like and it's- California tattooed to my abs. That's not true. Is that true? I don't. Oh, I, I don't. wish. It's not true. It's if at not the true. end of this, of me of me chiding you for uh, being so California, and <laughs> you revealed you had a California-shaped tattoo, I would love that. Huh? Love that. No. Sorry to disappoint. That's okay. 
less than 10 minutes left here. If you want to drop any more bombs or say any more uh, funny things, you've been, you've been killing well, it. You've been killing it. I'm loving this conversation. Thank you for having it with me. No, thank you. I'm super glad. I was, I was waiting patiently on the phone. I got really excited. Oh, that's cool. Um, okay. So you said when you were my age, like you didn't, you, where, where were you, what were you doing at 25? When I was 25 years old, I was so close to my dreams. I could taste them and I couldn't get there. What was in your way? Well, my own, uh, my own self-doubt. Ultimately, I, uh, I was, I, I really wanted mm. to be a comedian. I wanted to just be outright. I want to be a comedian. And I was doing a lot of stuff at the Upright Citizens Brigade, and that felt like comedy. But it's mm-hmm. also, I feel like it's a training. It's like a training ground where you go to learn how to do it, and then you got to get out in the world and you got to do it. And I couldn't find my way into the world, and I had done a couple commercials. That felt good, but it didn't really feel like, man, that's my voice in the world. It feels like. I'm so close. And I was teaching improv classes, which meant a lot to me because they had really helped my life so much, but still felt like I'm teaching others how to go for it. And and I'm like right on the fringes. I'm writing articles for magazines. Again, this all feels creative. And um, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, I was so, so close. I felt like there's all, you know what it felt like when I was 25? Felt like, man, I am like staring what? at a table with all these puzzle pieces. And I know that puzzle if I can figure out how to put it together, I'm going to feel so good. And I just can't see it. I can't, I can't see where the, where the edges fit together. That's how I felt when I was 25. And then when I was 27, I started with my current shrink, who's the best. And uh, she was like, you need to just. Oh, wow. Same person. Yeah. It all loops You're around. With... Okay. She was, oh, wow. she good. gave me great advice where she's like, you need to just, and I don't know if this is great advice for everybody, but for me, she was like, you just need to mm-hmm. give yourself no other option. And I was like, what's that mean? And she was like, anything that you don't want to make money from, just quit. Just don't take money mm-hmm. for it. Just take money only for acting and writing the types of things you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's nuts. I'll, I'll starve. That's how I pay my rent. It's how I do it. And she mm-hmm. was like, yeah, but for me, we're in different situations because I knew exactly what I wanted and I couldn't get there. And she was like, well, the thing mm-hmm. that's driving you nuts isn't that you're not getting it. It's that you don't know. You're sitting on the fence and you don't know if you have what it takes. And she's like, guess what? You might not have what it takes. But if you go all in and you can't make it, you will have the peace of knowing that you don't have what it takes. And that Mm -hmm. will sting, but ultimately it will not. Like Basically, I was living in this state that kind of felt like this open wound where I couldn't get where I wanted. And I was seeing, you know, there's also ego there. I was seeing a lot of people I came up with, seeing a lot of people I taught in classes, getting the things I wanted. Maybe I wasn't good enough, and mm-hmm. she ultimately was right. I needed to know, and I did. I almost ran out of money, but um, let, it was uh, it all worked out. I hit a month. I hit the, the for only month in my adult life where if I needed to pay my rent that day, I didn't have it, and I was just bummed. Wow. And, then, and then I got my first big acting role, and it, it set off a lot of momentum for me and gave me a lot of confidence, and it was kind of like, yeah, until I was ready to like really fall on the sword and die for this shit, it didn't. it didn't nothing was handed to me. It was like once I once I was ready to hit a point where it was like, okay, I've actually run out of rent money. Then it was kind of like the universe that you love so much was like, well, mm-hmm. well now you have a now you have established that you are deserving of this because you were ready to be you're ready to be uh you're ready to starve for it. That's when the universe gave it to yeah. me. That's not everybody's story. I don't think that's your story. Mm-hmm. That's how the universe that's how the universe finally uh pushed me, nudged me where I needed to go. Well, I think, I think fear is, you know, very, very powerful. Yeah. And it stops a lot of people from achieving what they want because they're too, too afraid to, you know, give up the day job and and become freelance at whatever they're doing because there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee of getting paid at the end of the week. And that's terrifying because of all the reasons you said, you know, like I've, I've built, I have, rent. I have things that I got to pay for. I can't just give everything up to, to do something else that sometimes that's, that's just got, that's what you have to do. Yeah. And it's tough. Cause there's a million, there's, and there's like a hundred legitimate reasons to not do a thing. All the ones we're naming. Mm-hmm. And really the only reason to do it is like, I just have a hunch. It would make me happy. And that ultimately is mm-hmm. one, one uncertain reason to do it. 
And there's a hundred very firm reasons to not do it. And that weight goes a long way, and everybody has to make that decision on their own. Yeah, you can't live a life of fear because you won't get anywhere with it. Look at that, a 35-year-old from New Jersey and a 25-year-old from California making a cross-continental mental trip where we connect via the universe and discuss the state of of goals, dreams, and life, the Mutual Appreciation Society. Mutual Appreciation Society. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think so. I'm into it. I am into it. The MAS, the MAS, the MAS. MAS. Hashtag MAS. MAS equals more. Mutual Appreciation Society. More. Find the more in your own life. What do you have now? Are you content? Then find the more. Not in a greedy way, not in an ego way. Find it. Mutual Appreciation Society is going to take over the charts. Everybody knows it. I know. We're going to win so many Grammys. We're going to blow Beyonce out of the fucking water. I'm glad you finally put her in the fucking crosshairs. We've been dancing around this for 57 (laughs) minutes now. I was wondering when you were finally going to admit that this is all about taking down Beyonce. I've sensed it from the start. That's that's really what I wanted to talk to you about, taking down Beyonce. I know. I just didn't want to say it outright. I didn't want to scare you. I get it. Well, look. We What's got a plan. We do have, we are now, this is now officially just bits. We have about three <laughs> minutes left. Three minutes left. If there's any other message you want to send into the world, anything else you want to sort out for yourself, saying it out loud, you got the phones. It's yours. Three minutes. Three minutes. Um, well, since it's near the end, I just want to say I had a really rad conversation with you. This has been a good time. That was the most California way you could have phrased that. A really rad conversation. Really rad conversation. Get out of my California life, and it's not—it's not working. It's okay. Sorry, I I guess it's—it's just in me. That's all. I can't escape from it. Yeah. No, I think this is a good—a good talk. I don't—I don't think I had any sort of revelation, but I think I've been Mm -hmm. kind of in the same place of—of just trying to have a more positive attitude and we came up with the mutual appreciation appreciation society and now we have to fight beyonce which also means we have to fight the illuminati unless she leaves the illuminati and joins the mutual appreciation society she's not i doubt it we can try (laughs) we are the new destiny's child we are the new destiny's (laughs) child Destiny's oh Child. Wait, That's you kind of are. I'm. I don't. I'm Kelly. No, I'm the one whose name no You're one Kelly? knew. Who's Who's the third one? <laughs> I'm the third one that no one. Knew. Uh, Michelle. Michelle. You're Michelle. Michelle. Thank you. I'm Michelle. <laughs> That's like saying you're Miranda. Miranda. Oh, I've watched a lot of Sex in the City. If we want to get into that, I have some. <laughs> I have some Miranda elements. I have some Samantha elements. Hey, Miranda's rad. She's like. She's a boss, okay? People give her too much shit. Yeah, no, I agree. She's a hardworking person who uh, who uh, had a non-traditional relationship and did a good job raising a family. Yeah, there you go. We are really limping to the finish line. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you have nothing to <laughs> apologize for. Here's what I think. I think we had a good conversation. Yeah. I think I think it was really I had so much fun. I think you had fun. We talked about some serious stuff, some jokey stuff. Balance was nice. We should have hung up about three minutes ago, but I can't hang up and you haven't wanted to because it's fun. That's true. I was just you know, riding it out until the end. Yeah, we can I mean if we can just sit in silence for the last minute. Oh, that's sad. Let's not do that. I don't wanna Okay. Too much pressure. That's fine. Are you taking another phone call after this? No, I'm done for the day. I'm off the clock. He's uh, oh, nice. Gre- Greta and John over at Earwolf. I'm off the clock. These taskmasters are going to stop pushing, pushing me around. Well, I really hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. Hope you enjoy. And thanks the rest for the conversation. You know what the hardest part of my day is? Moving forward. What? The hardest part is that you love me. Is that I love you? I know. Mutual Appreciation Society, number one. For life. For life. M-A-S-4-L. Hashtag. Thanks, Chris.
Mutual Appreciation Society, uh, a thing that will never actually exist because I don't know who that person was, but it was very fun to talk to that person. Enjoy your life, caller, with your uh, non-dreadlock, rock-climber, van-driving person, your partner. And I hope all the career stuff sorts itself out because you are very, very charming and you deserve all the happiness in the world. Thank you for calling. Thank you to everybody for listening and building this thing into a real community. Thank you to the Reverend John Delore. Thank you to Greta Cohn. Thank you, Shell Shag, for the wonderful intro music. Download their stuff. They're great. You want to know more about me? TheChrisGethardShow.com for info on my TV show. ChrisGeth.com for touring dates. I'm going all over the country. I'm going to Ireland and Scotland uh, later this year, and I'd love to meet all the beautiful anonymous listeners face-to-face. It'd be really cool. Subscribe on iTunes and rate and review. Guys, we are so close to getting 1,000 reviews, and that's a nice round number, and it would make me feel so good. Um, And it's also just, I really do feel like a lot of the people locking into this thing really feel like they're a part of it. That means so much to me. So let's get vocal. Let's be an army that pushes those reviews up over a thousand. It would be so cool. And it would be a real, it it really helps the show so much more than I can explain. And it would mean so much to me personally. And again, thank you all. Thank you all for making this such a surprising and positive part of my life. And we'll be back next week with more Beautiful Anonymous. Let me tell you about the Blue Cash Preferred Card from American Express with 6% cash back at U.S. supermarkets on up to $6,000 in purchases. That means 6% cash back even on those cheeses that you can't pronounce but you eat anyway. Start earning cash back at AmexBlueCash.com. Terms apply. Check them out. Sign up. AmexBlueCash.com. Here's what you might hear next time. Hello? How's it going? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. You're on. Um, You also, I just want to right off the bat mention, there's around 200 people in the room with me listening to this on the speaker, so I don't want to put pressure on you, but I do just want to be up front (laughs) about that. Is that cool? Uh, The first ever live taping of Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People as part of the Vulture Festival. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I hope this doesn't come off jerky. If it's jerky, I'll just hang up, so... Wow, the crowd is on your side in a big way. The crowd is feeling you. I like that you just exercised that authority. You were like, Gether, don't forget who rules this conversation with an iron fucking Canadian fist. Don't forget it. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. I'm Sarah Thayer. And I'm Susan Orlean. And nothing makes us happier than hearing what makes people cry. On our show, Crybabies, we talk to comedians, musicians, writers, and other awesome people about what makes them cry. And sometimes we cry too. But it's the good kind of crying. Therapeutic. Yeah. Like when James Urbaniak explained why Yellow Submarine is so affecting. I had Revolver and I was listening to that and that came on. And suddenly, just John Lennon cutting up. In our yellow! And he's just being so funny, and and it just snuck up on me. What's going on? (laughs) I'm crying at Yellow Submarine, the goofiest Beatles song. So, listen to Crybabies. Find us on Earwolf, Howl, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Listener.